Today's episode of Clip City is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners, you can get started with a free stock by going to clipcity.robinhood.com. That's clipcity.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield, APY, on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is a variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome to another episode of the Clip City Podcast. I am your host, Jovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. And I am joined tonight by Mo Dekeel. I, I said it. Got I it, got, got it better. Got it. Um, I, I will say to start this off, it, it is a somber pod because this is the first podcast uh, you know we, we've done since Kobe Bryant's passing this past weekend. Uh, I guess four days ago now, um, you know, not only him, but his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, and seven other passengers. They're on their way to the Mamba Academy in Thousand Oaks when the helicopter uh, that they were on, you know, ended up crashing. Very emotional four days in the NBA. Um, I I really think, I I knew Kobe was big, but I I was really trying to think, like, I don't know what, outside of Michael Jordan, I don't know what athlete's passing would get this type of global response. And and Kobe might even be bigger than Jordan globally. Like, I, I you know, obviously in America, Jordan's right. probably the biggest athlete. But I'm just like, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare any, any, like, by any means, but I'm just like, the, the sheer support of not just the NBA world, but the, you know, just globally, you have international athletes who, who loved Kobe. Um, you, you have, you know, celebrities, you, you have, you know, international celebrities, like you, you just, his impact w- was so wide ranging and, and far reaching that I, I think that's really what's, what stood out to me. Um, again, like I, I knew he was a global superstar, but you know, he, <laughs> I mean, th- this is a different level that's, like, really... I mean, and then for, forget athletes. Like, how many people just globally could, could get this type of reaction from the world? It's a very short list. So I think, you know, unfortunately, he, won't, he isn't around to see how much he was beloved and, and just the, the impact his career and, and mama mentality and, and everything he was doing had had on people. Um, but I really think that the list of people that have made this type of impact is, is so short. The, the only guy, the only athlete I think that it's, it, it's bigger for is, is Muhammad Ali. 
Yeah. But the, but the yeah. only but the big difference between the two is Muhammad Ali was old. You know, this yeah. is this is Kobe in a in a very tragic accident. Uh, you know, losing his life, and I think the suddenness of this is really what has hit people the the hardest, and it's and it makes it difficult coming to terms with that. Like, man, he's he's gone, and it's, it's, it's what you're saying. Like, I didn't, I would have never guessed I'd be as affected by yeah, it as no, I that's, am that's as good. I am, and and, and 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 you know, and I have a ton of friends who who aren't Laker fans, who aren't Kobe fans. Matter of fact, the opposite. You know, I have a buddy who's a diehard Portland fan, you know, and, and Kobe had terrorized that franchise for years, and he was torn up about it and, and, and was crushed, you know. So I think, you know, just I don't think people realize the impact he was going to have, and, and it's it's kind of tough. And you said something, unfortunately, Kobe will never be able to see how, how beloved he was. And I think that's kind of what happens in death, you know, when, when you lose somebody that the person who dies never gets to really see how much people are going to miss him afterwards. Yeah. Um, but I also think, like, it, it was interesting to me because I, to, um, because I, 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 it got me thinking about, like, basketball's kind of global impact right. overall, where, again, um, I don't want to, like, throw names out there and, like, compare, well, right. like, rank yeah. how, like, the reaction, but I, I just think, if you look at the top baseball athletes, the top football athletes, and the top basketball athletes, um, at least in America, I'm like, you know, I might, I, again, I would say it's like Jordan and Kobe and, and LeBron would probably right. be up there. And then, I, I you know, I, it's just, I think it, it's, it, you know, it, it does speak to the way basketball, the visibility of it, um, the emotional connection of it, and really the global impact of it, I, I think really, um, is unlike any other sport and that that's that's been kind of you know if you look for silver linings and tragedies you look for um Uh-oh. some positives you're one i'm two uh, <laughs> so <laughs> keep that in the pod <laughs> so uh you know what what i, I don't know i i've lost my train of thought but um Sad, sad week overall, and, and I was with the team in Orlando when, when the news dropped. Um, you know, no availability pre or post with, with that one. Only Doc spoke. Uh, we just had Kawhi and PG and Lou talk at practice the other day. Landry spoke today at shoot around. Um, this has had a, a, a huge impact, especially on the NBA yeah. and players. You know, everyone pretty much in this age range grew up on Kobe. Um, Kobe was one of, if not their favorite player. Um, and a lot of people comparing him to Michael Jordan, the Michael Jordan of their generation. And I, I think what's what's been interesting for me too has been, you know, Kobe was a polarizing player, right? Yeah. And, and if, if you weren't a Laker fan or you weren't a Kobe fan, a lot you probably didn't like him, or or, or you know, you, maybe you respected him, but but you know, whatever he, he hurt, you know, he beat your team in the playoffs right. or. Um, you know, you just, you didn't like something about him or whatever, but I think what we we've seen is, you know, he, you, he was one of those athletes too, where everyone had an opinion on him right. and, and, you know, whether it was good or bad, you know, negative, positive, you felt some type of way about him. And, and I just, I don't know again, how many athletes in general, but, but you know, if we're sticking just to the NBA, like 
how many guys have that sort of visceral reaction from fans where, you know, and, and again, like you said, you know, I like I, I did Sacramento radio today and I just kind of said it on the radio. I'm like, this is a Sacramento station and we're talking about Kings Clippers, two of the Lakers rivals. And, and we're spending all this time talking about Kobe right. and like his impact on all of us. It, so I, I think, yeah, it, it, it's it's just it's who he is. He's, he, he was so big to, and so good to the game. And then to your point of the international side of it, I mean, he was one of the first players to really embrace China and going over to Asia every summer was huge. Uh, he spoke several languages at this point. You know, uh, it's it's that's kind of the nature yeah. of it. And the NBA has done a great job globally. Uh, I think there's a, a lot to it. And, and, you know, you touched on something, too. Like, he's a bit of a complicated guy. Obviously, yeah. his history is complicated. You know, uh, like you, you can't. Can you, you can't talk, can't about, talk about it without Colorado. Yeah, you got to talk about Colorado, uh, you know, and, and, and things like that. So there's there's a lot of stuff to it. But overall, though, um, God, I, I wish I could remember who said it. Somebody said it to me, and I was like, wow, that, that really hit me. But it was like he was supposed to be our Bill Russell. Yeah. He was supposed to be the guy. That's a, we're supposed to get Graybeard Kobe, you know, handing championship trophies over to people and, and things like that. 20 years from now yeah. so unfortunately you know we're we're, we're not going to have that and, 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 and it hurts and it's and it's All a right, it's a loss you are not playing a game i need you off the court so we can get started okay we're off the court All right. <laughs> no i'm about to go on sorry guys <laughs> but i think that's where we're going to miss him and and, and 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 i think we're going to feel this for a while and it's going to hurt the hall of fame uh, yeah. Candace and, 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 and that ceremony is going to be a, a bit uh, painful down. But, uh, you know, this is just what we're going to have to deal with. This is part of life. So the, the, the Clippers, as I said, you know, some people have talked about it already. Doc, Kawhi, PG, Lou, Landry. Um, the Clippers had a very nice tribute for Kobe. They, they left, you know, they famously have covered up the Lakers banners and retired jerseys. They left the number eight and 24 uh, hanging with like, I couldn't tell if that was a spotlight or not, but it was, I mean, it wasn't a, a super direct spotlight, but there was some light on it to kind of make it visible. Um, you know, they, they had the video tribute, which uh, Paul George did the, the voiceover narration for. Uh, they, they had the warm ups with eight and 24 on the back. Um, you know, all the coaching staff wore Kobe's and purple, um, ties. And purple ties. So, you know, overall, it was a, I thought, a very nice tribute. Um, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> perfect timing. Perfect uh, timing. Next, <laughs> it was a great uh, tribute. The other thing, too, was they also did a great job. Uh, not making it just about Kobe and his daughter, but also mentioning the others who have lost their lives in this. Because, you know, this is a tragedy that affects three, four, I think maybe even five families. So, yeah. you know, uh, so and, and, and I thought it was just an incredibly classy tribute. And, and, and I was I was I was like, hey, the, the, I tipped my hat to them. They did a good job. I see it about to be the only thing the Clippers did right today. We talk about physical fitness a lot. But there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. 
LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash clippers, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash clippers. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Again, get started at calm.com slash clippers. That is calm.com slash clippers. Yeah, so there was actually a game that was played. I'm not sure if people knew that uh, or want to know that uh, after the the way this game played out. Uh, They played the Kings. I can leave it at that. Right. If, uh, <laughs> so the, the, the Kings whooped them 124-103. Uh, this was a game that from the second quarter on was not close. Um, I don't remember what the first quarter score was, but it, it might, it, I think it was within single digits after yeah. the first. But in the second quarter, Kings kind of blew it open. Uh, you had a career-high 34 points from De'Aaron Fox. You had a franchise record 21 threes from the Kings. Um to me, this was very much the Memphis, New York vibes from a few weeks ago. Um, now that spawned my stories yeah. <laughs> on team chemistry. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what comes of this, and, and, and you know, uh, kind of where the team goes from here. But I thought now the, the caveat, which we have not said yet, was you know, Kawhi Leonard was a late scratch. Right. Uh, he suffered some lower back tightness during warmups. Doc said he, he was shooting. Um, you know, going through his pregame routine and his back just locked up. So the Clippers without Kawhi this season, his on-off has been pretty stark. Um, I think they're they're about 12 points per 100 possessions better with him on the court. So, you know, this team is probably, you know, they're 5-7 and seven now without right. him. So this team has been worse than a, you know, 500 team. You know, this, this is probably a 30-35 to 35 win team without <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, which is insane when you look at Paul George, Lou Williams, Montrose Harrell, like you'd think they could at least put together a competent sort of comp- – and it's a small sample size. But as I wrote my midseason grades and, and a couple of times throughout the season, like Kawhi has really established himself as the most important player on this team by far, which we knew heading into the season. But I think the gap between Kawhi and PG, at least on the on-off stuff, has been a lot more stark than, than anyone could have – you know, you, you kind of thought – all right, Kawhi's the guy, but Paul's right behind him. You know, he was third in MVP last right. year, third in defensive player of the year. Now, Paul's been injured. He's missed 21 games. He, he's been in and out of the lineup, so he hasn't had that consistency and reps that Kawhi has had. But up to this point in the season, Kawhi has really been the clear-cut best and most important clipper. And, and really, it's been like you could almost throw him out there with, like, any four guys, right. and it's been a positive lineup. Um you know, so like some some of the lineups he's played in, especially in the starting lineups, where you know it's like a Terrence Mann or Rodney Magruder or whoever, and you're just kind of like, you know, with Mo Harkless and Zubots, really bad offensive lineup, right. but th- they've gotten by. So that caveat applies to this, um, you know, and that's the difference between those Memphis and New York games, or, or, or you know, Kawhi rested the New York game, but um, the Memphis game he played in. So that was one thing, but I thought similar issues overall, like sort of some general effort and intensity issues kind of going through the motions, defensively not rotating out the shooters, and just the Clippers' inability to really guard simple actions, you know, 
over-rotating on pick and rolls, leaving strong side shooters, leaving weak side shooters, um, just really, and then not closing out well, um, or, or just sloppy closeouts. A lot of closeouts into fouls. Right. Um, and I, I just think this is a trend we sometimes see with this team where for whatever reason, they, they don't get it going defensively. This is another night they struggled offensively. I think they ended up shooting about 38%. But, you know, this team is talented enough where even when they're shooting 38%, it should at least be a close game with a team like the Kings at, at home. Um, the Clippers have been a very good home team this season. But um, what, what were your general thoughts on the game? And um, you, you said something before this yeah. podcast that yeah. I, I thought was interesting. Well, yeah, you know, the, the more I watch this Clipper team, the less I believe in them. And I, I know it's risky to say that now. And, and look, two months from now. or, or It's on record. It's on, it's, record. it's on record. So, you know, uh, I said the less I believe in them. It doesn't necessarily mean I don't believe in them, folks. But, I mean, I'm, you know, last time I was on with you, I was panicked. And I'm still, none of my. Well, you're always on after a loss. That's another trend. <laughs> <laughs> I might be the problem. Who knows? Uh, but the. This is our last podcast. <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, the. The the thing that kind of bugs me about them is just, like, you you want to see them get better as the season goes on, you know, and, and, and stuff. But I just have started to see them decline more and more, and weaknesses are popping up. Their energy level, like you said, just doesn't seem to be quite there. Now, look, some of it, too, was uh, Paul George first came back on a minutes restriction. Patrick Beverly on a minutes restriction. Uh, Landry Shaman on a minutes restriction, you know, from, from Doc. And, and all of this just kind of made it tough. But you, you you would expect to see a little more fire from these guys. And you did not see it in this game at all. Yeah, I would say my only pushback on, on that would be, you know, being on that five-game road trip with them, uh, which they went 4-1. and one. Uh, I thought two impressive wins in Dallas and Miami stood out as, um, you know, both without Paul George. Um, stood out as just, you know, this team. Hold on. We're going to have the buzzer. Stood out as this team turning the corner. Like, since that Memphis loss, since Trez's, right. you know, public outburst, whatever you want to call it, um, the, the team had been 8-2. and two, Now they're 8-3. and three. Now they did have a cupcake schedule. So it was, you know, wins against the Knicks, the Warriors, the Cavs, the Magic twice, the Pelicans. Like, yeah. some of these games were just teams this team should beat because of they're a top three team in the league probably or, or in that conversation. Um, but, you know, I thought Miami and Dallas, especially the, the con- context of the Miami game, they get down early 24 to nine. Miami's hitting an avalanche of threes, hitting yep. them in transition. And they come back. Not only do they come back, they take their own double digit lead, take a 15 point lead and really control that game. You know, Miami gets it to single digits and, and kind of gets it close for a, a little stretch there at the end. But the Clippers closed it out, and, and I, I still think won that game by double digits. So I would say – but that's that's been the frustrating part with this team is, you know, they, they have their moments where they look like the Lakers or the Bucks, and they're blowing teams out. They're dominant. They're consistent. And then they have these losses that those two teams don't have. And now those two teams have been healthier um, on the whole, right. especially with their top guys. Um, like, again, the Clippers are doing a lot of this – without a, a fellow top 10, 12 player in Paul George who's been out a lot. Um, but it is still, when it does feel like it's an effort thing, an intensity thing, that's where it's a little frustrating. Because, like, 
you know, again, I think if, if they play the same game tonight, but they are trying a little bit more, it's at least a closer game. Right. And maybe they still lose because the Aaron is going off and they're hitting all these threes. But I think it's it's a little bit dispiriting the manner in which they're losing, I think, is what we're getting at here. Yeah, but also, like, you know, like a lot of these wins are coming without Paul George. And you're running out of time in terms of developing this chemistry. Yeah. Well. And and it's it's offensive chemistry. It's defensive chemistry. Um, you know, it's, it's locker room. Chemistry. It's locker room chemistry. But you know, you could win with having issues yeah, in the yeah. locker room. Kobe but and Shaq. You, yeah, right. But you got to be able to have this stuff on the on the court. And they just you're running out of that time, and and, and that's where it's getting concerning. You know, uh, you can't control injuries and things like that. But that's where I'm beginning to wonder about this team chemistry-wise. And and, and and I don't necessarily mean do they get along or whatnot. Um, you know, as, as so, you wrote so, in your So you story. read The Athletic. I, I, I read The Athletic. But I'm also concerned of, like, you know, does, you know, PG know where he's supposed to go when Kawhi has the ball? Because they just haven't played enough together and gotten enough of those reps and things like that. I, I'm a big believer in that chemistry matters in that sense. And... I don't. I'm, that's where my biggest concerns are coming from. It's like we don't know what this team looks like healthy, and I don't know if we're gonna really if Doc's gonna have enough time to really get a look at that by the time the playoffs start to roll around. So you're kind of going in there, going like, "Well, I hope this works." Well, they've already played 48 games, so they have 34 games left. They've played one game with their full, I, I like. Now, people say, like, the full 15-man roster, okay, few teams ever have their full right. 15. But if you want to go their top 9 or 10, which they will need in the playoffs, theoretically, uh, at least the top 7 or 8, they've only played one with those guys together. So, um, or, or, you know, it would depend, like, where you're ranking certain guys in the rotation, but, and wherever yeah. you're drawing that line. But point being, it's been very few games, single digits at yeah. most. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that's where, with, with the chemistry story, like, it was weird writing it as the team was playing better. But I was also like, this is such an easy schedule that it's hard to, like, this isn't the, the earlier stretch where they're playing Utah and Houston and, and Boston and Toronto, you know, back to back to back. And it's like, that's the stretch I want to see. Okay, like, how, how is this chemistry actually? Um, not Cleveland and Orlando and, and some of these teams. So moving forward, they got Minnesota on Saturday. It's a 12-30 game. Clippers have not played well oh, in these 12-30s no. games. <laughs> this, is where, um, this is where this stuff started. Um, so they, they got the Spurs at home. Um, they got the Heat at home. And then they go on a four-game post-trade deadline trip, which I think is going to be really interesting. Um, Minnesota, Cleveland, Philly, Boston. And then they go into the All-Star break. So, I mean, especially that Philly-Boston part. Right. Um, you know, Boston came in here, felt they should have won that game. Uh, that, that ended up going to overtime. Clippers made the late comeback. Uh, you have Philly, who they haven't played yet. Very interested to see how Joel Embiid matches up with Trez and Zubats. Um, just how the Sixers' size overall matches right. up with the Clippers. Because um, the, the Clippers, you could probably say outside of the center spot when they're playing Trez, are pretty big at the other three or four positions for the most part. But Philly's just huge. And, and then, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just, <laughs> they're just six, seven and above, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I'm interested to see how that matchup goes. But 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 I'm with you. I, I think they are running out of time. In, in the best-case scenario, Paul George, well, he came back tonight, looked rusty, didn't right. look great, um, which is actually weird for him because 
in his comeback games, he's he's actually looked really good. Right. He had that seventy point stretch to start the season. Um, then he missed some time and he came back and he looked really good. So this is kind of the first time he's looked a, a, a bit rusty um, after you know a, a layover. But I I'm with you. I, I think what what concerns me a little bit is it, it is that lack of effort and intensity and you know again I'm kind of tying in my story here but you know just going back to last season's team it was like last season's team scrapped and clawed and fought for every game that they won right. and you never really walked away you know there's a few games that were some duds but you rarely walked away from one of those games saying they didn't give everything and, and you know sometimes it was a talent disadvantage sometimes right. it was just they don't have enough offense or, or they don't have the right defensive pieces or whatever, but it, it was, or Doc was playing too much Avery Bradley. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, it's like, it was very rarely um, an effort or intensity right. or, you know, and, and I keep using those two words, but like wh- whatever you want to say, um, I feel like you can't say the same thing about this year's team. And again, you would think like, even with the influx of guys in and out of the lineup, They'd still have that kind of dog in them. And they've had it at times. It's not like it's completely gone, but it hasn't been there as much as you'd like. And it hasn't been there as much in these types of, of matchups against sub-500 non-playoff teams. Yeah, and, you know, that's – it's it's such a, a, a drastic difference because even in their losses last year, I still felt like this team fought. Every, you came in here knowing you had to come in ready to fight. There's so many comebacks. You, you know, double right. digit, multiple double digit comebacks. If you let up, they were going to come back on you. You had to just be ready to play 48 minutes. This year, it doesn't seem that way. They're more talented this year. They've but won it, more games. They've like, won more you know. games. Everything, you know. And I get all that, but like when you look at it, to, when I look at it to me on like a championship level, look, the Lakers are like a thousand and one against teams that are below 500. Yeah. You know, the Bucks are are. are Around six losses is total, right? I mean, like those teams are 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 dominating every night and coming out to play, and that's where it's like, okay, they're 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 building good habits with this. They're doing all the right things. Like that's that's the stuff. When I look at the clips, I'm like, they're not they're not doing this. This is an issue. I mean, they still don't really know with their team yet. Thirty four games left. That's that's a college season. Right, yeah. and, and, and that's and that's okay. You got to hope you have everybody healthy during those thirty-four games to start to figure that stuff out. And now it's a back thing with Kawhi, and those things can flare up quite often. Uh, I don't want to send Mo Harkless out for six games, it, right? And and, and 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 it could be good for a couple of games, and boom, he's out for yeah. a couple more. You know, it's it's this whole thing, and and so it's it's getting more concerning. And this is why, as the season has gone off, I've been more and more like wow i don't know if i'm I'm concerned every time if you were to guess on average how many days people in the u.s have to wait to see a doctor what would you say a week maybe actually on average people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major u.s cities basically a month if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction you want treatment asap that's why our friends at roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, 
and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship you your medication free for two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you could cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to getroman.com slash clippers for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash clippers for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So I, I think I think another point that you're like, they're just, you know, as you said, like they're just running out of time where it's like, again, it's not like, it's not that, like, it's almost getting to the point now where I'm like, if they won the title, it's just because this team is so damn talented. Yes. And, and they just figure it out because they're talented. But, like, the actual chemistry, camaraderie, co- cohesion that you get from on-court reps, they're not getting them in practice. No. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're not getting them in games either. So um, that is concerning. And, 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 again, it's concerning when, you know, I mean – the, the most important thing of all is Kawhi PG have only played in 18 games together. Now they're 14 and four in those games, but I think the one thing you start to look at now at this point in the season two, almost at the 50 game mark is how they match up with some of the other top teams in, in the league. Um, like they went 0 and two against Milwaukee in the season series. Right. Uh, they haven't played Philly yet. They're one and zero against Indiana um, 1-0 against Boston, 2-0 against Toronto. So, like, I think for the East, it's really, like, Philly and, and Milwaukee, Milwaukee are the right. two you look at. Um, in the West, 2-0 against the Lakers. Right. Who knows what would have happened had things, you know, been different this week. 1-2 um, and two against Houston. And those three have, have been able to go any – Either way, right. Could be 0-3, oh could be 3-0, could be 2-1, oh, whatever. 1-2 yeah. uh, and two against Utah. Uh, now, one game, Kawhi rested. They – and PG was out, so that they got blown out in Utah. But you know, split the two games Even the, here. Yeah, that is what I would. Then zero and one against Denver, right? And two and zero against Dallas. I guess looking at that, I mean, like the, the Lakers one is the one they really care about, and, and they've they've gotten by by the skin of their teeth in those two. Like they easily, you know, that's another two game series that could be one and one, zero two. Like you know, yeah. I, I think the first one they kind of controlled more by mid, the midway point of the fourth. But that, that second game on Christmas, they easily could have lost. Um, you know, they were trailing for most of the game. So I guess, like, if you want to paint the optimistic side, when they've had their team against the top teams, they've fared reasonably well. Um, so I guess, like, that that's your kind of... But those teams are getting better. Those teams... Might someone's gonna get Andre Iguodala? Someone's gonna make a move, maybe for Robert Covington. Um, someone's gonna get a, a buyout guy. Like these teams are are gonna make moves, add pieces, as the Clippers are gonna try too. But they're also getting those reps where just because you beat a team in November, or December doesn't mean you're gonna beat them in April or May. That, that was that was the point I was about to make. Like you know, you it's great. You want to win all the regular season series against everybody. You want to sweep the Lakers and all that. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that carries over to playoff success. Yeah. You know, because some teams are also built better for the playoffs than the, the regular season and and vice versa. So you, you, you kind of have all that stuff. So, uh, you know, and, and 
I'm sure there's, if you go through LeBron's history, he's had a lot of season series that he's lost in the regular season, played that team in the playoffs, and, and probably beat them. So, you know, it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's 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 close. You know, you, you, we don't know where it is. I just think you know, it's 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 just again, it just always comes back to me of just like, are they? You know, is right now it's just 18 games. Obviously, hopefully they'll get more games together, but. You know, if you've only had just a handful of games fully healthy, that's not enough. You need to try to get get to that point where everybody can feel comfortable and know their roles, and Doc can figure out their roles too. Like we're getting oh, too, that's another thing. We're get, I mean, we're getting too late into the season to not fully have everything kind of locked in. So, two more questions for you before we wrap up. Uh, one would be trade deadlines coming up. We got, uh, I believe, eight days until the trade deadline. And I'm going to do a trade deadline podcast, um, you know, pre and post. But wanted to just get your read on now that we've seen this team 48 games, um, they've continued to disappoint you. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, where are you at with the rotation? And, you know, what, what do you think they need? Everyone says center or point guard or both i've kind of said that fifth closing spot that's probably a three and d wing like a covington and iguodala marcus morris um where like you know where are you with that and and if there is a player or deal that you'd like to see them make or get um you know what, what what does that look like what is that so I've said it before on this pod. Yeah. Like I'm a believer in the, it's it's the center. You got to yeah. upgrade your center position. I think it's a shot to my heart. Uh, I listen. Listen. I know. I know. I know. Zoom means so much to you, <laughs> but but it's 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 a guy. It's something like I look at it and I just say, it just doesn't feel like that's that position is strong enough to win a championship, and it's not like I think these guys are bad or anything. I think the problem is. Trez is undersized. I think Zeus just not there yet. I still think he needs more time. Don't forget he's twenty two. Yeah, he's he's a kid. You know, he's still not quite there. Um, I don't know how many people feel about this, and I don't know if it's possible or anything. But like, I don't know. I'd, I'd kick the tires a little bit and see if you could find a way to get Miles Turner from Indiana and see what see if they're looking to move him. I know there was talk early in the year, but I don't know if that's changed. I mean. I think the price would be pretty high. But I, I don't know. I threw, I threw out some trades in my mailbag for him. I think because you, you'd, you'd have to do Zoo or Trez. Yeah. And, um, I, and I, I think their trade values are probably similar because, one, you get Zoo locked in for three more years, $7 million a year. He could be your starter or your backup. Yeah. Um, Trez, the, the tricky part is even though he's, you know, most people say he's better than Zoo. I don't know if I'd go that far. Um you got to pay him if you're trading for him. Right. And it's like, you know, how does he fit with fit Sabonis, uh, who, you know, they have locked in with, with an extension. So I think the two, the, I mean, the base would be Mo Harkless, yeah. one of the bigs, probably Jerome, who yeah. you just kind of say is like a throw in. It's, it's, a, a throw in, but may, maybe he's a reclamation project. Jerome. They, they actually have some picks yeah. where they have the 2020 pick this year, which is going to be bottom six yeah. uh, in a not great draft class. But they also have the 2021 Detroit second rounder. 
and 2023 Detroit second rounder. And those two picks with the state of Detroit, I think it's top 40 picks, which if you, you know, if you're a team that likes either one of those drafts, you know, a top 10 second rounder can be a very valuable cost controlled. um, You could, you know, dictate the the structure of the contract. Um, You know, it's a very team friendly type of situation. Um, So I would say one, if not two of those picks is involved. Um, I'm sure Indiana would push for Landry Shamit. I'm sure the Clippers would try not to include him because at that point you're really decimating you're, your you're depth. Too much at that point. Um, yeah. So I, I would guess it would probably be some like those three. Maybe Indiana throws in a cheap contract to kind of make the money a little bit better. But um, yeah, I mean, I think if if, they, if you got him, either way, he either replaces Zubats and now you're more comfortable with Trez's minutes, right? Or he moves Zubats to the bench, and I, I think you're just more comfortable with that structure too. Uh, and, and I think you're now more solid with your rebounding, your, your rim protection, your, your overall defense. So, yeah, no, I think Miles Turner is great. Um, I think an ideal scenario would be moving a few guys to get a, another big and another wing and then hope you could sign Darren Collison or someone on the buyout market. Now, the, the, the biggest thing, um, which I heard Nate Duncan and John Hollinger talking about on, on their um, – their podcast with with regards to the Clippers is the issue with adding a ball handler here, and this is why I kind of reject the premise, is you're almost restructuring the offense too much. Right. Where it's like it's kind of got to be in Kawhi, PG, and Lou's hands. And really the only way I think you can be okay with adding someone is if it's almost like a Drew Holiday, Kyle Lowry type and then, then you're really going all in on, like, getting an all-star caliber point guard. If you're not getting a guy at that level, even a Darren Collison, I'm like, sure, he's a better floor general facilitator setup guy than Pat Beverly. But, you know, is, is it worth – like, I, I don't know what that – like, what's that – and now Collison would just be signing him, probably having to cut, like, you know, Derek Walton Jr. or something. But if you're going to make a trade for a point guard, like – DJ Augustine's not getting it done for me. And and, and like, if you just look around the league again, like maybe your best, your upside's like Ricky Rubio and like maybe the best case scenario for like a non all star. And it's just like, he's making a lot of money. So now it's like, that's like Mo plus other stuff, maybe a pit. Like, you know, it's just, I think it's too hard for them to address the ball handling thing. I think they're going to have to make do with what they have. You know, maybe you add. I think that's why like Iggy is appealing to me because he's a guy who can be another ball handler facilitator out there. Right. Um, you know, presuming he's still fine at 36. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think to your point, um, to me, I, I really think the wing spot could be upgraded because you haven't you haven't loved what you've gotten out of Mo Harkless and Rodney Magruder this season. Right. Um, Landry Shaman has regressed defensively a bit lately. And Pat is just small. Yeah. And, and, you know, as, as good of a rebounder as he is, as tough as he is d- defensively, I don't think you can – like I would say, I, at this, if they're going to stick with this closing lineup of Trez, Kawhi, PG, Lou, and Pat, and maybe Landry slides in for one of the guards in certain configurations, 
I don't trust that lineup against the top teams. No, it's, that's too um, small. That's just too small. I mean, because the, all those teams are huge. Yeah, and, 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 and it's not that, you know, listen, I know how big Kawhi and PG are. It's but, the center. I mean, but that's it, you know. And center and guards. You're, yeah. You're under, like. You know, and, and, and you'll be dependent on Pat having, and he's done it a few times, having those phenomenal rebound nights where he yeah. walks away with eight or nine and stuff like that. But that's hard, man. That's a, it's a hard thing to count on from your guards. And I think that's where it gets kind of scary with them. I'm not a big believer in they need another ball handler. Like, I just think, you know. You're going to take some lumps offensively, but you're also going to have the Kawhi scoring barrages where he drops 10 points in three minutes. You just need a guy that can bring the ball up and not turn turn it over and get it into Kawhi's hands, get it into PG's hands, and go stand in the corner and be able to knock down a three. Which I think Pat, Pat, I think he's been averaging – He's been good with that. He's been he's, good. He's been like 6.9 assists this month heading into tonight. Like, he, he's been playing better. He's been, he's been good um, with it, I thought. So, I don't I don't think, like, it's something – and that's something you can address in the offseason. That's not that's not something you, I feel like you can – you can't fix everything in one, in one swing, you know, in one trade deadline. You know, there's a lot of demands that come with it, and it makes it quite difficult to just sort of make it just happen magically like that. I really wonder if these buzzers are going to make this pod. We'll, we'll see. I don't know, but um, that was perfect. I timed it, literally <laughs> timed my, my thing so that I could finish it before the buzzer. So, last question. Um, give us either your favorite uh, or just a good, because I don't know if you could share your favorite, uh, <laughs> scouting memory with, with Kobe Bryant, preparing for him, um, and, and just what type of challenge that was. I mean, so I have a unique experience having scouted for, you know, both the NBA and then being part of an Olympic team. So I've had to deal with him on the international level as well. And in every situation, you're just like, God, this dude's just so good. If it's close, we're we're just praying at this point. Like, you're not really doing much. You know, you're you're that's the thing that Kobe brought is he was able to kind of coming to these games and you were just afraid and you're like man this dude could drop 50 on us at any point tonight and and we're or or have a 25 point quarter and make things hard so you know the the thing is scouting against Kobe's teams were a lot of sleepless nights just because and it wasn't because I was working so hard just because I was so concerned of what he might be able to do the next day and how we're going to defend this and how we're going to defend that and then, you know, the with the Olympics in 2012, he wasn't even, like, a huge part. He didn't play major minutes on that team in 2012. But, you know, when we played them in the first round of the knockout stage when I was with Team Australia, it was a six-point game, and Kobe hadn't really done much. And then he comes in, Chris Paul finds him for a three. It's a nine-point game now. Then very next possession, we Kobe forces a turnover. Ball's bouncing, and it's just him racing to it, and it kind of drifts off to the side. He picks it up, shoots it above the break three. Now it's a 12-point a, a game in like a span of like 45 seconds, you know, midway through the third. And I was just like, it's over. <laughs> and, 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 and Kobe proceeded to hit four more threes, you know, and scored 20 points in that game. And it was just one of those things where I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got a message from one of my buddies who used to be a video guy with the Lakers going, like, he just got Kobe'd. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that's that's it, man. I just got Kobe'd, plain and simple. And, 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 and that was the thing was he just had the knack to rise to the occasion and, and, and really make you pay. 
that, that the sleepless nights. Man, that sounds... that's just too much, dude. <laughs> you just you're just restless. My favorite quote was uh, when they were down 0-3 against the Dallas Mavericks in 2011. Uh, he he turned to Carlisle going like, "We're gonna come back." And, and Carlisle basically said, I didn't sleep a wink that night. Like, he was like, because they actually might. Well, Doc said, I don't know if you saw it. Doc said that um, in 08, game six, they beat the Lakers by 39 points uh, to, to, to win the championship. And he said, you know, with a few minutes left in the game, they're up like 40 points or around there. And the starters are still on the court. And, and Kobe's still on the court. So he said, Tom Thibodeau. Of all people, uh, you know, Mr. Rest, Tom Thibodeau, comes up and is like, uh, Doc, you know, are you going gonna to pull the starters? Like, you know, look at the score. We're going to win. And Doc turns to him and says, you know, when Phil pulls that guy off the floor, I'm going to pull our starters off the floor. Right. So he says a couple minutes later, pull, you know, Phil finally caves, pulls Kobe off. Doc checks his starters out. They won the title. Um and then he said he shared that story with Kobe uh, years later, and Kobe was laughing and he and he loved it, and it was just like, yeah, I, I mean, if you pulled them with a few minutes left, like, I think we could have had a chance to win that game. You know, it was just like that was just Kobe. That, that was, that was the, you know, that, that's that was, what it was. That was the mama mentality. You know, it was just like if you just give me a chance, I will, I will make you pay for it. And yeah, I mean, I had a lot of battles with him and here with the Clippers when I was a video guy, San Antonio. Uh, when I came back and, 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 and same thing so uh, you know he definitely what? definitely gave me some gray hairs so we got 50 seconds until the buzzer what, what was the most underrated part of his game from a scouting perspective that like you know we, we know about the scoring we know about the, yeah. the selective passing the, the, the defense like what, what was something that maybe the general public didn't give him enough credit for I really just don't think he got enough credit for his overall game. Like, he could just do everything. You know, I just wrote something for uh, 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 about his game and how everybody else has been kind of taking apart pieces of it. And it's just like, man, I was looking at it going like, God, he really could just do everything. You know, he wasn't necessarily the best three-point shooter, but when you needed a three, wow. Kobe was going to get one for you. And if you needed three of them, he was going to give you three of them or six like Team USA needed. You know, it's just his ability to just make it happen was the thing that, like, even now I don't think we give enough credit to. I know a lot of analytics go, like, there's no such thing as clutch and things like that. And I go, like, that's fine. But I had to scout against Kobe. (laughs) Trust me, there's a thing called clutch, and he had it. And and, and I'm not – I don't care what the numbers say or anything like that just because I know every coach kind of – got a little more nervous when it was a close game and Kobe had the ball. I think for me it was probably his mental like I mean mental fortitude is like I don't know that, that kind of goes with the mama mentality but I just feel like this guy was like he could take left-handed shots he could shoot left-handed free throws right he any weakness he had in his game he would short you know added the post game um, that was basically unguardable you know sort of kind of like how Kawhi is now like he could get to a high percentage shot for him at any moment against any defense um 
and, and his ability to play through injuries. Like, right. how many times did we see him get banged up, oh. sprains his ankle, breaks his finger, um, pops it back and, and goes back and plays? Like, um, you know, just his mental strength and, and just kind of ability to it, – it almost felt like um, he was just one of those, like, superheroes where, you know, you see something once and then you could do it all of a sudden. Right. And that was like – he's just constantly adding to his game – um, and I think, you know, he was not the perfect player. Um, you know, we, we could debate that all we want of, of him and, and Michael and LeBron and all that stuff. But I, I think he, you know, he, I think if you look at how players view him and enough of the, the most respected basketball minds, I think that alone tells you um, how special he was as a player. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know. Like the fact, the fact that a lot, you know, a lot of players do put him on that MJ level or think that's a conversation. Like, we could disagree with that. We we can say analytics. We can say this and that. But like, I do think enough smart people um, view him in that light. And again, you can disagree, but I, I just think it was good to kind of go back to some of that stuff and, and view it positively. Right this week um again under unfortunate circumstances but um you know 60 points in his finale like i was at that game that was that's the loudest i've ever heard staples center it was literally like euphoria throughout the crowd um with every shot just louder and louder and um julius randall setting the most illegal screens i think i've ever i've ever been set in an nba game he's He's still he's still taking out still moving on some of these screens he's taking out three jazz defenders and the refs have just completely swallowed their whistles um (laughs) it was uh that was it you know uh you know they just replayed that on uh on espn so mo thank you for your time uh where can people find you on social media and where can they read your work and listen to your podcast uh well you can listen to my podcast on the athletic podcast network i do brody and the beard which is the houston rockets podcast i uh am mixing in on the uh, 77 minutes in heaven podcast which is the dallas mavericks podcast you can catch me every week on nerd or she wrote god i'm on a lot of podcasts yeah. i'm on a few daily digs uh, uh, a couple times a week and uh you can read my work at Bleacher Report uh, is where uh, my written words go, and uh, follow me on Twitter at MoDakil underscore NBA M O D A K H I L underscore NBA. Well, thank you, Mo. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. It's at J O V A N B U H A. If you have not subscribed to the Athletic yet, you could subscribe at theathletic.com/slash/clipcity get a special discount code help this podcast out help me out um i think you will enjoy our written clippers work our our mba work um if you have not checked us out yet Uh, i will be back next week with some trade podcasts i will probably be doing one podcast before the trade deadline one podcast after the trade deadline reacting to whatever moves the clippers make so be on the lookout for that And I'll talk to you guys next week.